So gentlemen, thanks for joining us today on Leadership Log, which is a podcast for the Air Force Lifecycle Management Center community on topics of interest. And the topic of interest today is learning something about the supply chain uh, for the MQ-9. So uh, if, if you could, gentlemen, uh, just introduce yourselves and give us a little bit of your career background. Uh, we'll start with uh, Sergeant Pedrojita. Hey, how are you doing? Uh, I'm Tech Sergeant Pedrojita. Uh, I've been in 13 years. I'm currently stationed at Robin Air Force Base. I worked the uh, MQ-9 sustainment program here. Um, I enlisted in March 2009. I'm originally from New York. Um, I spent my first seven, eight years at Shaw. Then I did a year in Korea. Uh, then I went back to Shaw for a couple more years. And then I got lucky and got uh, I got here to Robbins. I say lucky because this is a pretty cool program. This is, you know, to this is kind of like working at corporate level. You know, so our decisions here affect the, the directly affect the warfighters out on the field. Um, and I actually just got uh, this is actually my last month here on the program. I just got orders to McGuire, New Jersey. So I'll be leaving in, in about a month or so yeah. over. And, and you also came out on the master sergeant list yesterday. So congratulations for that as well. Yes, sir. Thank you. So we can't min not mention that too many times. So. Uh, what is your what is your career field actual? Are you you're a maintainer? Oh, yeah. So I'm actually a maintainer uh, by trade. I'm, I'm electronic warfare. I work the back shop. So um, I work with F-16s and A-10s. I've never I never really had experience on the MQ-9s, and I never really worked the flight line. Um, but I have a maintenance background, and coming to this job, it was definitely a learning curve. Uh, not only did I have to learn the platform, the MQ-9 and everything, I also had to learn like the, the supply chain, the logistics, the acquisition, the contracts, program management. So it, it was a lot, but definitely um, I've been here for three and a half years and, and it all came together and it, it's made me well, well more developed than when I first came here. Great. Okay. And Sergeant Tahir, introduce yourself, please. Uh, yes, sir. Uh, how you doing? Uh, I'm Sergeant Tahir and um I joined the Air Force in um, 2006, so I've, I'm hitting uh, 16 years. Um, and uh, my first base was Milton Hall, and then it went to uh, Seymour Johnson. And from there, it was Kunsan, Korea. And from Kunsan, I went to Nellis. And then I just got, I just got to Robbins from Nellis a year ago, so. I've been on this program, MQ-9 Supply Chain, about just a year now. So um, this is a whole new program, and I've been excited since day one. And it's, it's real important what we do because uh, what we do is we just give them the new cameras so they can have the best vision and for the target and keep the eyes on the target with the best quality. And so the pilots can do what they, what they do from over here, you know, because it's an unmanned aircraft. So, mm -hmm. um, so I feel really important to the mission. So I'm really happy about what I do. Are, are you, so are you, you're a logistics troop by trade? Uh, yes, sir. Supply okay. chain. Okay. And so what, what are it, the previous bases you worked at? What were some of the things you did? Um, it's kind of like what I do now. We, we issue out the, parts that they need and require so they can finish the job as far as the maintainers, what they could do on their side. And um, I also 
works in a warehouse where we like to store the items on the shelves um, according to the shelf life or whatever the case and make sure they have the proper boxes and this mm -hmm. and that. And I drove a forklift and and uh, do stuff like that. Um, what else? I also issued a Kim gear at one point. That was my first place, my first mm -hmm. base. Um, so it was mainly like issuing parts and working in a warehouse. That's mainly what I do, so. Okay, and you guys use uh, like a, a giant database, I would imagine, or some sort of computer terminal or something to, to track all of these parts. All right, yeah, there was different systems. At one point we used a system called ILS and that was very complex. Um, we still use that. And, but right now we're using uh, this program called Almus. I don't know if you've ever heard of Almus, but mm -mm. it's new to me as well. So um, I feel like the further along I get in my career, the newer programs are getting a little bit better though. Yeah, yeah. Yeah, and you know, it's 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 complex because you mentioned something about the shelf life things and, and, and that's something that it's not just a part, but you also have to have life left on that part. I mean, some things are like safety of flight parts that they can only right. do X number of hours and, and, and that's all got to be tracked as well. Right. Like O-rings, stuff like that. Yeah. Make sure they don't expire because then it'll be pretty much useless and they have the dates on the parts. So, so, you'll know, the manufacturer date and all that. So. Yeah. Um, okay. So, uh, so let's, let's get a better understanding. So you guys are both at Robbins. Okay. And you're both supporting the MQ9 platform all over the world. Um, so, uh, Tixar Petrohita, if you could explain to us, um, you know, what is it specifically that you guys do there um, to support units all, all, all around? All right. So, um, uh, the MQ9s, they're, they're all over the United States, all over the world. And the, the OEM is General Atomics. So they're like the subject matter experts for everything. So they sell the planes to the US Air Force and worldwide. And then we do CLS, contract their logistics support over here. We manage, um, well, under the CLS umbrella, there's a whole bunch of stuff like um, sustaining engineering, depot repairs, field engineers, um, like new, new developments. Mm -hmm. there's, there's a lot of things that fall under the CLS. So we're in charge of the budget. Let's say the budget's around like $400 million. You know, we kind of have to allocate the funds and, and we're, we're the middleman between the customer, like all the bases that have the MQ-9s and General Atomics. So if a base, if, if, they, if they're having a problem with a certain part of the MQ-9, they'll coordinate with our office and then we'll coordinate with General Atomics. Sometimes it might be an easy fix where sometimes it might be a lengthy process that requires a new engineering change proposal to change the uh, whatever piece it is. Um, yep. So we, um, and also one of our biggest things we do here, we manage all the field engineers. So um, a lot of these bases, whether it's stateside or worldwide, they have actual, we have actual field depot guys working like mechanics, technicians. They're from General Atomics, but we kind of, uh, manage them and we do all the administrative processes and we, you know, we make sure that they're doing what they're contractually required to do. And that's a big part of the mission because a lot of times when um, these MQ-9s are out on the field, 
the main the the air force maintainers they're only o level so they're only allowed to do like kind of simple repairs and and stuff like that so if they're out in the field at one of our deployed locations and one of the maintainers you know if, if they're having trouble or if they get kind of stuck we have these field engineers there on site to give them real-time support to kind of get that plane up and running and to go on its mission okay all right so so you've got like uh these contractor maintainers that are stationed around the world yes sir to give support. okay um sergeant to here so uh so see we, we you've got an improvement to the system um and you need to get the ship the new parts out to the field so that they can be they can be done uh they the upgrades or the modifications can be done. How, how does that process work? How, how do you guys go through that? Um, well, first we just make sure that, um, we make sure we have the part number and the stock number and everything uploaded into um, Almas, our system. Mm -hmm. um, we can do that with a coordination through um, some item managers and um, engineers. And we make sure that it's uploaded before we order anything or transfer anything. And then we'll coordinate with ACC and see if they're authorized to, um, to have that part. Now, so, do, you, do you arrange like shipment directly from the, uh, from the manufacturer or do you like bring it into Robbins first and then you guys ship it out from there? Um, no, it actually um, ships out from um, Jacksonville, Florida and um, there's some item managers that work alongside the um, the personnel in Jacksonville, Florida, and uh, they work in uh, McKinney, Texas. So we coordinate with the item managers in Texas, and they'll coordinate with the personnel in, in uh, Jacksonville to uh, ship it out from there, because that's where all the serviceable assets come from. You know? Okay, all right. Um, so. Uh, how did you guys find out about this assignment? Uh, was this just kind of the luck of the draw that you got, got this job here? Or, or is it, was this a special duty that you had to apply for? For me, it was luck of the draw. Like, I just had it on my list. Um, I'm from Georgia, so I, okay. I got lucky, real lucky. So, And I took, yeah, a master, I took a master sergeant spot, too. So, And I'm just a staff sergeant, so I was pretty surprised. That's cool. Yeah, so for you, me, you got family in the area, Sergeant here? Oh uh, yes, sir. Yeah, they're a couple hours away near Stone Mountain. Okay, all right, cool. It's always nice to be kind of close to home and have that that family right. connection. You know? Yeah. Uh, Sergeant Peter. Yeah, for me, this is like a special development position for my career field. So I kind of actually got lucky too because um, I was at Shaw and a master sergeant got this assignment, but he put in for retirement. So I was like next up on the list to get orders and, and I got assigned here. So it's kind of, it was lucky and it's also a special development for my career field. So it's, it was good. Now, now you said you're getting ready to leave. Is that correct or? Yes, sir. And, and where are you going to next? I'm going to McGuire Air Force Base, New Jersey, and I'm going to be working the avionics back shop there, uh, doing all the avionics and stuff for the, the heavies. Uh, okay. So like the tankers and stuff, right? Yes, sir. Okay. And they've got, uh, well, they've got 135s and KC-46s now. Yes, sir. So, okay, cool. So you get to learn a whole new platform. I mean, you're going from like one of the smallest airplanes to <laughs> some of the bigger airplanes. Yes, exactly. Yep. 
So, all right. So that should be interesting, right? Yes, sir. I'm definitely looking forward to it. And again, I'll, I'll be closer to home because uh, I'm from New York and I'll be a couple hours away. So I'm definitely looking forward to that. Yeah. All right. And uh, so let's uh, let's talk about your career goals going forward. I mean, I'm just kind of interested to know what do you guys what are your plans for the future? Uh, Sergeant to here. Let's start with you. Um, I would say uh, my plans for the future is um, hopefully to make a tech sergeant pretty soon and um, finish my bachelor's and maybe even work for Raytheon one day after mm -hmm. I retire from active duty. Um, we'll okay. see where, it, where at least this position takes me. I don't know. I'm pretty excited about that. Or, yeah. or who knows? I might even get orders before I retire. So I don't know. Uh, so you're going to night school now, or? Um, I plan on studying for uh, supply chain logistics after I study for tech. So right okay. now I'm studying for tech. Tech. So, yeah. Yeah. Okay. Yeah, that's right. You got to be focused for that, you know. Yeah. Right. I mean, yeah. hey, promotion puts money in your pocket, right? Yeah. That's what definitely. It's all about. Yeah, I know, right? I'm trying to at least get the roof like tech sergeant Peter Heater. So. <laughs> there you go. Uh, sorry, Peter, what do you, what's uh, what do you what are you looking for in the future? So, um, I just I just actually finished my master's a couple of weeks ago. I graduated from uh, Western Kentucky University, so I'm real kind of school oriented. So I eventually I don't know if I'll do it while I'm active duty. I would like to, but um, I like to pursue my PhD only because when I retire, I kind of want to entertain the idea of being like a college professor. And I oh, know some, cool. sometimes, you know, they kind of require that stuff. So um, that's kind of one of my long-term goals. Some of my short-term goals is, um, you know, being that I just made math sergeant, it opens up a lot more opportunities job-wise. So mm -hmm. I might necessarily don't have to work like in a shop anymore, you know, so I'm looking to kind of expand like my leadership horizon and my scope of responsibility when I get to New Jersey. Um, and also, um, I, I'm kind of uh, looking into submitting a package for OTS and maybe trying to go the officer route if, if that door opens up. Well, that's cool. So I'm always interested to hear about, you know, the importance of mentorship was something that we talk about a lot. And people have uh, formal mentors, a lot of times informal mentors, you know, maybe even a colleague or, or maybe it's your supervisor, you know. But uh, I, I just want to know... It, was there a mentor in your career, early in your career, or at some point that kind of like influenced you, maybe maybe talked to you, you know, showed you the uh, the benefits of like making an Air Force career or something like that? Uh, we'll go back to Sergeant to here. Did you have somebody like that in your career? Um, I would say in the beginning, uh, not so much, but um, I would say later on in my career, it progressed to uh, having better supervisors and and better mentors. Um, and I also had my brother who was a prior enlisted, but he got out after four years. He's mm -hmm. kind of helped me too. And um, uh, I would say more so my mentors on my family. Mm. But I didn't really have too much, unfortunately. In the okay. Air Force, but, <laughs> yeah. Sergeant Peter Hita. Yeah, I've always uh, I've been fortunate to always have uh, good mentors and even, you know, from like, I'm not going to say the bad leaders, but, you know, even the ones that are kind of not so good, you can always still learn stuff from them. 
So uh, I've had uh, kind of informal mentors that kind of gave me stuff the way it really is. And, you know, they made me feel comfortable to open up to them and they would, you know, provide candid feedback. Then I had the formal leaders, supervisors that kind of were strict with me, you know, rule driven. And, and that kind of also taught me a lot. So it taught me to have kind of a balance with, you know, being like the strict leader and stuff like that, but also kind of being informal that way you know, your, your troops and stuff like that can kind of open up to you and you can better lead them. Yeah, you know, that's so important. I mean, because we learn through life by things that we do well, but we also learn through mistakes that we make, you know. And so a lot of times being able to look at the mistakes that others have made, you know, perhaps they weren't great leaders, but they can teach you something in, in the same process in the same way that you can learn from mistakes. Uh, that's, that's important as well. Yes, sir. Uh, so... Guys, it pretty much brings us to the end of our time. But before we close, I just want to see, is there anything that I didn't ask you about or anything that you'd like to add in? Uh, we'll start, start to preach your either. We'll start with you. Um, again, uh, <clears throat> excuse me. Again, it's, it's been a, a great opportunity here at Robbins. Uh, you know, we work at the program office. So um, a lot of the things we do here directly impacts the warfighters all around the world. Uh, we're in charge of a large amount of a uh, large dollar budget, and it's it's definitely been a great perspective working at this level. Yep. And Sergeant Deer. Uh, yes, sir. Um, I feel like um, as far as with my knowledge, and I've only been here a year, um, I'm still trying to learn like every day is still I'm trying to grasp as much as I can. Um, I have great coworkers, counterparts like Tech Sergeant Pedrohita and my civilian counterparts who are trying to help me along the way, mm -hmm. um, like Abby Turner. So um, I'm just trying to like get as much info as I can, and I'm just blessed to be here as well um, because what we do is real important to the mission, and it's real. It's real like it's real gratifying. So yeah. I'm just honored to be here, you know. So. There was even like a movie, I think, called Eagle Eye that I saw on Netflix the other day, which kind of like talks about like the MQ-9 and like how they got like unmanned aircraft. It's pretty amazing. So I was like yeah. watching that the other day. <laughs> yeah, I, I remember reading recently uh, about some army troops and they were in Afghanistan and they were talking about being on patrol at night and they were they were nervous because they were in a high risk area, right? And then they heard uh, a reaper come overhead and it was on patrol over them. And they said, as soon as they heard that, then they knew they could relax because somebody was watching them. And so they laid down and went to sleep and they were able to get a little bit of rest because they knew they were being protected. So it's, it's yeah, what you guys do is really important. It's super important. So, hey guys, uh, thanks for uh, joining us today on Leadership Log and helping us understand more what you do for the warfighter. Um, and we really appreciate your time. All right, sir. Thanks for having us. Thank, Thank you. you so much, sir. Appreciate it. All right. It.